0: On the Empire Podcast this week, we take a look at Josh Whedon's Much Ado About Nothing and get to grips with Sack Snyder's Man of Steel. We also talk to that movie's bad girl, Antje Trae. Plus, we welcome Howard Stark himself, Mr. Dominic Cooper, into the pod booth to talk about his new movie, Summer in February. All that and the latest movie news and reviews too on the only movie podcast that can't kneel before sod because we've got a bad back in it. The- Doctor's Note to prove it. Hello Pod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to the Empire Podcast. This week I'm joined by three of my colleagues who've broken out of the phantom pod zone and who are hell-bent on enslaving mankind to their evil pod will. First we have this mindless aberration whose only means of expression are wanton violence and destruction and obscure references to Jurassic Park that none of us get. It's Nick the Eh uh, uh, uh. it, is, it is actually me. <laughs> then there's the woman Helen O'Hara whose perversions and unreasoning hatred of all mankind have yep. threatened even the children of the podcast
1: (laughs) we don't have any children do we yeah i don't think that's a fair introduction actually
0: Uh, and finally general ali plum once trusted by this council and charged with maintaining the editing of the podcast chief architect of this intended revolution and author of this insidious plot to establish a new order amongst us with himself as absolute ruler you are Neil before Plum.
1: (laughs) <laughs> How rude. many times
0: I've heard those words It's disgraceful uh, You've heard the evidence The decision of the council Will now be heard Guilty Guilty Guilty, Guilty. Well that's good Glad we sorted that out um, As ever we've lovely Questions from you chaps To kick things off Like a drunken wedding reception This is from At Champ Study Lloyd Via Twitter With Whedon's much to do Out this week What directors would you Like to see adapt Shakespeare and which play mm. Michael Bay's King Lear <laughs> With uh um, no brainer already. Yeah that storm is going to really kick ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There'll be <laughs> helicopter strafing them. It'd <laughs> be amazing. It'd be like Jack Slater's hamlet, wouldn't it? <laughs> Roland Jack Emmerich's Slater's The Tempest. Hammet. That would yes. generally be good. Yes. What? Robo-Tempest. Did you just say no, that? No, Roland Emmerich's The Tempest. Oh, right. I oh, said Robo-Tempest, yeah. which I guess they've kind of already done in a weird way, haven't they? Yeah, if The Tempest would take out the White House. Yeah. Roland Emmerich's The Tempest.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> you heard it here first. That'd and, be amazing. and indeed I last. As if he doesn't
0: have enough to, to apologise to Shakespeare for.
1: Oh, after, don't even get me started yeah. on anonymous. You know how angry it makes me. Yeah. How about
0: this? This could work.
1: The okay. Fowley
2: brothers doing Comedy of Errors. Oh yeah, that's that's good. In a totally stupid way, that could work. Uh, Wes Anderson doing As You Like It. Yeah, I like you thought about I don't about like this. As
1: You Like It. I'd but like would, Wes Anderson doing Shakespeare. I would Shakespeare, like though. to see
2: him do that kind of ilk. I'd like to see him do Much Ado. Mm. So you guys know your Shakespeare then. And Danny Boyle doing Macbeth with James McAvoy. Could be a conceivable thing.
1: Yeah, James McAvoy did it very well on stage, but the production wasn't brilliant. So, if you had Danny Boyle doing the production side of things, then that could really take ah, off. Ah,
0: so you guys are actually shaky buffs. I'm
1: actually trying to work my way. I'm trying to. I've set myself a lifetime goal of seeing them all live. All of them. All of them. So I'm, all, I'm 12, actually, I'm actually all twelve. All twelve of
0: Shakespeare's plays. I believe he wrote I twelve. I think
1: it's thirty-seven, Chris. That's
0: close enough. Somewhere around
1: there. There was I've, Hamlet,
0: Hamlet two, and then there was uh, Much Ado About Nothing. That's pretty much it, isn't it?
1: Pretty much. Pretty. Uh, much.
0: Yeah, I, I'm like, I'm that guy at school who was kind of like, oh Shakespeare, I don't like Shakespeare. No, I remember him. He was a twat Yeah, it yeah, was me. Uh, I that think Chuck me. Norris should be in A Winter's Tale playing the bear.
2: <laughs> see that yeah. I do know.
0: By bear, yes. I studied that at school. Chuck that at school. Norris. That's good casting.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah he was in my GCSE maths. Don't know why. <laughs> Just there. Um, any other suggestions as to? I mean, semi-serious here. I mean, where's Anderson? I think would make a great.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see Ang Lee do one. I think he's uh, he's very good. He's he's uh, he brings something a flavour to things.
2: And Kenneth Branagh. I what? think no, he's no. ready for a Shakespeare adaptation what, that guy from 4 on <laughs> on the big screen look look you're, you're looking That's down crazy. at me now for suggesting yeah. such a stupid idea but
0: I reckon the K-Dog's got it in him mm. the K-Dog time will tell time will tell <laughs> amazing the K-Dog uh, it has been a while hasn't it I okay. feel like
1: it was the one with Brian Blessed playing two roles and it was a sort of Japanese samurai take
0: I haven't seen that one I'll be um, honest
1: despite not necessarily featuring many Japanese actors it was it was odd but kind of good
0: I saw the I saw his Hamlet His Um, Hamlet is magnificent It is fantastic Uh, Even I As a Shakespeare Non-appreciator Can appreciate The brilliance of that one Uh, It had an intermission as well Which was
2: unusual That's uh, handy uh, Well it's a four hour
1: film
0: It is a four hour film I'd like to see The Shakespeare in the Park That's
2: referenced In The Naked Gun That would be amazing (laughs) I would love to see that happen I mean Julius Caesar And the ending yeah, that we know happens yeah. it's kind of really quite tragic when you think about it you killed
0: five actors good ones good ones yeah it's, it, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the way she actually stipulates like it matters that they were good actors we could have Enrico Palazzo do the music around it <laughs> it could really work I like it you are so highbrow. Amazing. amazing amazing uh, Nick where do you stand in Shakespeare uh, I'm more of a Marlowe guy really
3: um, <laughs> you know I like a bit of I like a bit of Shakespeare I haven't seen The Branagh Hamlet I've been meaning to watch that forever and Looking for Richard I haven't seen either so I'm just jotting things down that I need to watch yeah that's really good mm. that's yeah. what this podcast is for really uh, everyone I making references to other movies and people just writing down what they should watch
0: yep. have I seen Shakespeare live well not Shakespeare live but have I seen Shakespeare performed live no I don't think I have oh
1: that is disgraceful you are uncultured. I, do,
0: I do have problems with the language I do yeah you know, but you I, just
1: take it's ten minutes and then you get your ear in and then you can just kind of go with it yes
0: yeah, like cricket if you can get past, you know, if you can get your eye in, you're you're fine. Have you guys
3: ever acted Shakespeare? I played a, a very memorable Antonio from The Tempest. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was Malcolm
1: when? in Macbeth the musical. I was that
3: 15? You were Malcolm. Yeah. We need to talk about this.
2: I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, I was going to be Hecate, and then they were you in the middle?
3: Or a...
2: uh,
1: yes. Yes. Oh, Stage <laughs> centre. I was <laughs> makes uh, no sense.
2: spear carrier number
0: two in Pericles.
1: Wow! Are now really, that's how that... you go on to big things, was being it? spear yeah. carrier Pericles. number two.
0: I mean obviously people still talk about my juror number four in the university production of 12 Angry Men and uh, my Fagin was seminal but, what do you mean um, by the word seminal? Um, I mean whatever <laughs> you want on, it to mean. Whatever yeah, you want yeah. it to mean. I don't want it to mean anything. There was a bit of controversy over that, wasn't there? There was massive controversy, <laughs> but we don't need like to talk about it now. Let's move on. <laughs> Moving on swiftly. Uh, this one's from at Simon909, uh, who says, uh, What's the best opening title sequence of a film, not counting Bond, minus Superman the movie, goosebumps every time? Uh, I love that sequence, uh, and this is one of the reasons why I still, I think, have a lot of fun in this for Superman Returns, because mm. he... That uh, opening, yeah, that yeah,
1: opening was fantastic, that was the was best fantastic. part of the movie. It
0: made you think, oh, we're in the hands of a master, and then the rest of it happened. And I still have soft spot for a lot of stuff in Superman Returns, the The kid, the Superman's son, let's not get started on that at all, but no. the, uh, spicy. The, the title sequence, I watched it last night, I've never seen it before, in 5.1 surround sound, and the... It just rumbled. Apologies to my neighbours because I watched it at half ten at night. And the the rumble of the whooshing of the uh, the credits as they head towards the screen, just astonishing. And, I, and there's an extra special deeper rumble for Richard Donner's name at the end. He gets yeah. the deepest rumble of anybody in the casting crew. Rumblier
2: than uh, a certain Australian actor who's in Man of Steel He really gets his rumble on uh, In the credit sequence? No, just when he's talking when you, Oh really? When, yeah, honestly, it's it's like Wow, somebody kicked in the base just
0: for him I haven't seen Man of Steel yet um, As will become abundantly clear when we review it <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Is there a credit sequence? No it just
2: starts it just starts and it's very quick uh, fast paced to answer the question i would suggest uh, naked gun actually would Damn be oh, would want yeah. really really to say that. One. and we've also Especially got the third
3: one when they go into Jurassic park oh yeah <laughs> you got to specify that the best bit about the film is the uh they fit quite a few good gags into the I also want to give props to, quickly to Spy Hard when we're on a Leslie Nielsen thing. Spy no, Hard? No, Spy Hard is not a good film I saw it at the Jarrods Cross Odeon that was memorable it's really not uh, good it, it's not a good film but I did enjoy Weirdo Yankovic's take on uh, Bond um,
1: oh you're right check that it was out on funny. YouTube yeah. it's actually pretty funny it's really funny yeah
2: Sorry. I'd also put in A Hard Day's Night, uh, Run Lola Run, uh, obviously Vertigo would be one. Uh, Charade has a great one. You could put in uh, North by Northwest, which I watched very recently, is, is stuck in my head. Kind of kind of blew someone's mind who I was watching it with and they were like, you know this is a lot like the Mad Men
0: opening. I miss this stuff in a way because most blockbusters these days dispense with the, the big title sequence. Uh, seven obviously is a great uh, credit sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know for example if Man of Steel just starts mm. the just starts. Batman movies sometimes the they do it at the just end just I mean
1: Captain America for yeah. example kind of did it at the end which was quite cool well but Iron Man
0: 3's opening credits are the end credits and they're fantastic the but... Tim Burton uh, Batman is phenomenal
3: opening yeah, yeah. it's actually going through the logo yeah, yeah. I love oh, that yeah. uh, the good the
0: bad and the ugly has one of my
2: favourites because it has the whip crack and the blood splashes and it's kind of that coloured kind of look uh, and that gives me the goosebumps
0: who here hasn't tried to recreate the Reservoir Dogs opening sequence walking down a street in slow motion wearing a black suit um, well maybe not the black suit maybe more of a shell suit but I've tried to, at least I tried it. Now, um, is is there great. an action film where the people's
3: names explode there has to be right there's got to be one I'm sure I've seen it, it but I like, like I, I like credits it. things where things happen to the names I've yeah. seen one recently well, Pink, Pink probably...
0: Panther the Pink Panther movies do that an awful lot don't they and uh, yeah I, I know what you mean there's one that's, it, that's it it eludes thing.
1: me I'm going to keep on with Ali's kind of classy 60s theme and say catch me if you can just generally yeah, that's not really even about the film yeah uh,
0: it is really good yeah. I'd forgotten about that that is Pink Panther-esque isn't it indeed and then of course we've
2: got ways. all the Saul Bass stuff so this could go on and on and on it but- could
0: we'd be here all day but you know mentioning the Naked Gun reminds me of Top Secret which starts off with the skeet surfing pop video oh. which is just fantastic Genius. And I, I love the yeah, the way the Austin Powers movies open as well uh, Usually with some sort of mad dance routine Goldmember's best bit is the opening scene uh, with, with
2: Tom Cruise and, and, and Gwyneth and, Spacey and Gwyneth And Steven the list goes Spielberg on and on and, and on And you go, oh, yeah. I can't believe I'm seeing these people Yeah. Tom Cruise backflipping over a car Into a helicopter, back into a car Sure
3: well
0: Spielberg, well Spiel, Spielberg awesome backflipping
3: is, is fantastic <laughs> I can't watch that film, he reminds me too much of Paul Daniels What, Steven Spielberg? No, Goldmember Oh, oh was, no, Gold member
0: funny. reminds you of Paul Daniels he is a bit, He's
3: a bit Paul Danielsy
4: I
0: love gold <laughs> Not a lot but but I like
3: he's it He's a Dutch Paul I'm
1: Daniels Dutch That's Isn't that weird A shirt or a waffle
0: <laughs> I watched it again the other night in the Sky movies and I really really laughed a lot It's, Smoke the it's actually very funny if
3: um, They could just delete Fat Bastard from,
0: uh, from Yeah uh, I know history. I know but he does get a good payoff line at the end Right uh, At Kieran Faluna asks Do you think anyone will pick up Dumb and Dumber 2 This is the news that Warner Brothers have passed on Peter and Bobby Farrelly's Dumb and Dumber 2, the sequel to Dumb and Dumber, which has uh, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels attached and eagerly waiting to reprise the roles as uh, Harry and Lloyd. So do you think anyone's going to pick it up?
1: I feel like somebody should. I
3: hope so. I I want Jim Carrey to to come back in a big way. It feels like it's it's all gone a bit quiet for him recently. Mm. It's not gone too well. I want him to come back in a big way, but I don't want him to come
2: back with these characters because... I don't know, maybe it's the rest of development and a couple other things where I've just felt a little disappointed where I go, they're so funny, I really like that, I really like mm. that I'd like to hear more of that, I'd like to see more of that and then you see it and you just bring so much expectation to it and if it doesn't deliver
3: in a five-star, your socks software, you're just like... Comedy sequels especially are mostly disappointing there was Ace Ventura 2 was Well yeah, not of good. course uh, Ghostbusters 2 is the exception obviously. <laughs> um, but, but generally they just
1: don't in get it right mind.
2: Well, here's hoping the same is not
0: true for Anchorman 2
1: Amen. Mm. I've got a good feeling
0: Thank God they
3: never made a Dragnet
0: too. Yeah I know, <laughs> preserve the majesty of the original, huh? <laughs> the Burbs too, for example, but that, that question kind of follows through to the uh, the last question which is from Bob Coupe, at Bob Coupe who asks, about the release of Before Midnight coming up any other screen couples you'd like to follow through the years? And I, I do like stuff like this I like whenever uh, filmmakers revisit uh, characters 10, 20, 30 years down the line and I would like to see Harry and Lloyd, I'd like to see where they are now, hmm. in their lives, to be honest. Um, and I, I know that the Farley Brothers record of the last few years has been spotty, to say the least, but uh, I've got a feeling that this one could be very funny. And just watching those two guys together again would erase the memory of Dumb and Dumberer, uh, I think, for, so for many people. If there is another one, I want it to be called Dumb and Dumberer. <laughs> <I'll> just
3: add <laughs> lots of words on it. Yeah, although yeah. I do like the two joke. With it. You like, that, it's you about, like it's you the T-O. Does Obviously, it not it make work. your
1: skin itch a little bit?
3: Um. It upsets me a bit because there is already a, a, a second one. Yeah. So that. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it is a bit upsetting
0: actually. <laughs> but the second one's not a second one. The second one's a uh, prequel. Uh, a prequel.
3: I know. I know. It's the
0: adventure it thing. Two, and well, it's not it's official two either. Two. So you know. Yeah, I know.
3: I know. It's a prequel.
0: But, yeah. yeah. Um, to
2: answer the question, I would say it happened one night. They're very lovely.
0: They'd be dead now. Ali. They would um, be dead. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> you I'd like be to watching know... two skeletons in the graveyard. That would be when really dark. When they were dark.
2: alive, I'd like to know what they were doing when they were alive. Two handcuffed skeletons. That's basically what you want to watch. You're pretty You're much. sicko. I'd also like to see uh, Walter and the dude. Hilden. Oh. Uh, um... <laughs>
0: what (laughs) two very different film fan sensibilities (laughs) collided there for a second
1: I was saying his girl Friday but go ahead Walter and the dude
0: I was going to say Jesse so I don't know where I was
2: coming from we'd just be seeing (laughs) you're right I know where you're coming from I just like to see them bowling Mm. just like bowling Walter and the dude bowling just bowling there, would, there wouldn't
1: be any plot, It's just bone. i <laughs> kind of like to see maybe Sean and Ed, because, you know, Edgar and Simon have been tweeting recently, you know, the 10-year anniversary of their making Sean mm. of the Dead. They've been putting up pictures, and it, you know, got me wondering, like, you know, how long does a zombie survive? Would, he, would he be flaking away already? Would it be a bit gross? Yeah. It'd be so uh, sad.
0: Can he digest a Cornetto? These are questions oh, that these need are, to be answered. These are kind answered.
1: of, this is kind of bumming me out now, actually, yeah. yeah.
0: Thanks for suggesting that one, Helen. Sorry. Uh, you know, I'd love, to, uh, I'd love to see, I know they were working on Lethal Weapon 5, a while ago uh, and then Mel Gibson kind of had a meltdown um, but uh, yeah I'd love to see people like I come back Riggs and Myrtle see where they are 5, 10, 15 years down the line Titanic but some
5: kind <laughs> of, <laughs>
0: I don't know
3: there's got to be a way around it yeah 10 years is on is he definitely dead because I've seen people He's, come back from worse than that is he
0: definitely dead I watched 24 everyone comes back in some form <laughs> he i love it I one couple we could follow from titanic would be the ship in the iceberg what happens 10 years on do they do they get together again is there animosity sorry this is horrific yeah sad
1: yeah. news yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah oh man i think it's best to let these things go overall you think yeah
0: generally speaking yeah well now we've sufficiently answered that question to your satisfaction <laughs> I'm sure uh, it's time to move on if you want to get in touch with us uh, you can tweet us we're at Empire Magazine uh, use the hashtag Empire Podcast if you can we're on Facebook or Empire Magazine in there and you can email us podcast at empireonline.com okay time for an interview Dominic Cooper is one of the fastest rising actors in Britain starting off with supporting roles in the likes of the History Boys, Mamma Mia and An Education. Recently he's turned to Hollywood with the likes of Captain America the First Avenger in which he played Iron Man's dad Howard Stark and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter in which he um
1: Appeared. Appeared.
0: Uh, but he's back in bloody this week with the romantic drama Summer in February. He came in to talk to Phil in and Ali earlier this week, and they started off talking, as you might expect, about, well, rubber johnnies. Enjoy.
6: Yeah. Do you like watching yourself on screen? Love no. it. Love it now. It's the
4: best, right? You enjoy it so much. Because they are exactly no, I the same. hate it. I
6: absolutely hate it. It's excruciating. What did you do
4: at, like, premieres and stuff? I actually watched it. I had to watch it last night because I hadn't seen it, but it was um, we premiered the film last night, and it was pretty painful
2: what is the most excruciating
4: self-watch you've ever watched oh, 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 oh. there's been a few <laughs> uh the most excruciating i imagine well there was there was uh, i remember being chased by lots of large sperm down the street which was on television quite quite often <laughs> normally when i was it's, in it's the park with my thing <laughs> was that the thing that really got you where you went i watched it once yeah, that's which was fine. fine, but then that was repeated over and over again in the corner of various establishments. And I, yeah, not that I didn't appreciate it. Was it was a commercial for it? But uh, um, what's the word you use with that? Famous condom brand? Yes, yes, that's it. Yep. Uh,
6: Woody Allen did something similar, though. In fairness,
4: oh yeah, he did. So, Actually, it must have been stolen, kind of, from that. Of course, it was. It was stolen from that whole. Of course, it was. And in fact, I've only just worked that out. <laughs> really, <sad. Yeah.
6: laughs> a decade later. It's, <laughs> it's early days. Um. What have you done that you've been least wanting to invite one of your close relatives to watch with you?
4: Oh, no, no. That was not film. That was the first play I ever did leaving drama school, which was when I was... was I'm not sure whether I can even say but when my grandmother, who was alive at the time, was in her 90s, I think, but came to see my first performance at the National Theatre where I was... It was called Mother Claps Molly House, and it was about mollies who were 18th century male prostitutes. (laughs) When people <laughs> used to dress up as sort of. What, ladyboys? No, what we. I suppose. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty much. I'm not explaining the play well at all. It was a very good play by Mark Ravenhill, but being naked and on a sofa with a pig farmer standing behind you. <laughs> ah, was not good material? It was not good. It was, it was excruciating to be up there at that point, knowing she was there.
6: Anyway, <laughs> well we mentioned um summer in february has some has some skinny dipping
4: i um, was not going in there under any circumstances is that bad i was meant to i think the car- my character was meant to go in there and i just uh, apps just said no i'm sorry i like myself i'm not going in there <laughs> stunt bum then but hold on i did i miss something last night oh i don't go in the sea yeah you do do i yeah that's <laughs> not me you... should i speak a bit higher no, but hold on. Alright, there was a scene where I was meant to go in the sea where there was a stunt bum. I remember the stunt bum. I don't rem- remember being that pleased by the stunt bum. I like my bum. My bum's okay. It's not so good anymore. last couple of years it's gone slightly downhill. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, whose bum was that who went into the sea last night? Because it wasn't my character. Phil, you're great at identifying bums. <laughs> uh, whose bum was it? the top think? bum spotter. I did the stripping off and then someone took over and did the walk into the sea with a bare-bottom. And got in
6: well one thing Dan did mention that, that you he'd introduce you to real ale because there was a pub am I right and thinking called The Winks
4: The that Wink you got, yeah. The
6: Wink that you shot at The, the Wink Juice was just
4: it's criminal the wink criminal, criminal stuff no it wasn't we called it The Wink Juice because I've never known anything to turn you into someone that you're not so quickly <laughs> <laughs> amazing tiny little pub that, that, that I sadly hardly exist anymore a countryside tiny tiny with one sort of almost dead customer sitting at the end of the bar and that was the only customer i could oh we could ever tell and it was a lovely place with a really great owner and she would give us the one ale that she had which i think must have been brewing in its own pipes for <laughs> a century or more because there was something extra in that that sent me over the edge. But Rust, yeah maybe maybe a blast of rust but it was good we should put this film into context at this rather
6: late <laughs> late phase. Uh, Dominique's character, AJ Munnings, is incredibly influential, but perhaps not brilliantly well-known traditional portraitor and well-known for painting horses. And according to my scrupulous research, his one of his portraits sold for $7.8 million in 2007. So he's obviously someone that has serious cachet. Um, why isn't he better known?
4: I think, is it because there's only certain people that are interested in that kind of work.
6: Because he didn't like he didn't like Picasso, did he? Call you call him Piscasso. Yeah, he
4: he hated. He gave this wonderful speech when he was retiring from the RA later on in his life, which you can hear. There's, there's, there are recordings of it, and it and it's it's excruciatingly embarrassing because he gets more and more drunk, and you can tell his sort of in the midst of regretting everything he's saying but cannot stop and doesn't care. So, and it's his whole sort of oh, take on, on, on modernism and what's happening to the art world. And he refers to Picasso as you know, Piscasso and then and then gets Winston, joined makes Winston Church involves Winston Churchill and said, My friend Winston the other day agrees with me and said he'd kick him in the shins if you ever saw it. And he's <laughs> all going, Oh god, you can just imagine he's about to get up and speak as well. And they just start all walking out and booing him and he carries on. So he d- he didn't he liked to paint things as he saw them and, and and you can understand why, you know, he he his life was spent trying to make a horse look exactly like a horse and no one does it quite like he did it I mean, they are incredible but I'm sure you like myself have never really looked at paintings of horses and gone must have one of them I don't know why I now do I now look at them and and I I really appreciate them but they would never sort of my taste do you think he'd been on the wink juice he'd definitely (laughs) been on the (laughs) wink juice that evening yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) I have been seeing some amazing photographs of you and the the legendary in my eyes Aaron Paul having what is colloquially described as a whale of a time I guess on the set of Leave a Speed yeah how is it to shoot with a man who I've met by the way who is just a live wire he's just like he's like um, humanised fun
4: I had met him years ago but not very well exactly as you say you know he's very unlike how you ever imagine someone who's sort of leaped to fame in such an amazing you know um, and wonderfully appreciated series incredible TV show but he's just he's, he's wonderful you know we're doing this ridiculous thing of Living this extraordinary life, driving, just getting up every day and just driving <laughs> st- extremely expensive, very fast, high-performance sports cars. So we kind of just laugh about it constantly. But it's still, it's and it, and he's great to work with. But it's and it is a funny way. It's a weird, you know. It couldn't be further removed from what he's been doing.
2: It's you haven't been uh, forced by the producers to play any of the original games, have you? Or was it just a case of doing your job? There's no obligation to play Hot Pursuit or anything.
4: No, but I wouldn't mind going back. It's good fun, is it? Is it still? Yeah, are you you are you addicted. Um, you got a problem. I, with
2: it? I was at a time. There was yeah. a time
4: when I had a problem.
2: There was a time I had a problem, but <laughs> I got over it. I've got over it now. It's fine. Don't tempt me. I'm trying to be cool about it.
4: How um, often were you were you were you staring at, at the screen? A
2: screen? Yeah, on the mm. PC. I used yeah. to go yeah, ten hours days. Really. Yeah, <laughs> ten days. Yeah, using a keyboard. It was. Um, do you regret those days, or do you, do you feel that you got something yeah. from them? I, I feel like the RSI I've developed is something that is kind of like a badge of honour. Like a scar on your face. And you've also got
4: Dracula. That's another thing on your slate. Dracula about, is about, I think, a month away from beginning. Mm-hmm. As soon as I can get some beefy muscles to compete with Luke Evans. Yeah, bloody hell. And when that's going to happen. Bastard. <laughs> Yeah, he's um, he's he's
2: of the bowmaning as well, isn't he? So he's already got
4: a few muscles. Right? Yeah, exactly. He's way ahead. Yeah, and then we start that really soon. And I've worked with Luke before, so we'll have a laugh doing that. I think. I hope it's a really cool script. Very interesting.
6: Tell yeah. us more. he was Dracula's Year Zero for a while, wasn't it? Title wise. Yeah, title wise, yeah. and now it's just it's just but
4: they changed it. I think. you know so much more than me. I well, love it. We this. just
6: I looked at IMDb this
4: morning. I? I chose it's I secret You it's it's nice did Word more than it. that. You checked Google as well. <laughs> you did. You did. You did the two bases. <laughs> They are, but that's why we do research now, isn't it? Really?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> I don't have a brain anymore. No,
4: <laughs> so why you don't need one at all, do you? Just Google it. Just attack.
6: <laughs> <laughs> you also, on <clears throat> potentially your IMDb page, Tony Howard Stark's name appears.
2: Yeah. How, yeah. Does, how does that work? Can you can you? Tell how does me, the whole thing work? Tell me the story of how the hell that
4: works. Are Which you part are, you, of are that? you
2: Are you a flashback man in this thing?
4: No, I just have no idea. I no, I do have an idea, but I didn't for a long while because I know <laughs> that. I know that I... I know that I went there and did some scenes and I got into a costume. hmm And they were quite funny. I hope. I don't know. but I don't know what's going to happen with them. But I don't know how they're going to fit in with the, the, the thing. So I think it might be for something... They do all sorts of things. You never know what Marvel are up to. They have so many fantastic <laughs> ideas with all their characters and how they intermingle and what they will do with... It. You never know. So you just say yes. You say, yes, absolutely, I'll be there. And then you and then you have a great time getting back into that character and then you think, how on earth is this person going <laughs> to into this film?
6: Can you tell us if you're older than we saw you in Captain America?
4: I can't, I'm not, I can't say a thing.
6: I'm more curious about whether you've
2: met the other version of you, and I've forgotten his name, but he's very, very good on Mad Men.
4: Yes, Slattery. Um, yeah, it is Slattery, yeah, isn't it? Slattery.
2: Um, have you met him? Has there been a meeting of the minds? if you compared notes? No, Anthony? actually. What
6: about Robert Downey Jr.?
4: Have you met your on-screen son I haven't I haven't oh come on is that bad shall I lie you go ahead yeah yeah how is he yeah, he's a fantastic guy and we we had very much the same ideas about how to approach the character does he like does, it like, <laughs> does, like, does he like does like a bit of winks does he like it a winks likes wink juice. likes the wink no, juice no he's off the wink juice for now no we, we met very briefly on a red carpet for Captain America okay years ago and he was very kind <laughs> and fun <laughs> God, that's a boring comment. He was very kind. He was, ki- he was kind. <laughs> kind man. Give me a great background. How does <laughs> kind his man.
6: kindness manifest? <laughs> <laughs> it's a background. <bankrupt. laughs> he rescued a cat on the red coat, just sort of spotted a cat in a tree. Um, I have to be on a personal note, you're the first person I ever interviewed in this job and you told me about your football team
4: and I wondered up. how that's going. I'm playing this week. Come down. Are you? Come <laughs> <It, laughs> really? Yeah, come on down. Do so I need a ticket? You'll love it. You absolutely don't need a ticket. You said you're having trouble you need scoring maybe goals. Maybe a couple of club mallets in your pocket just to protect protect yourself. Really, they're quite tough. It's a bit. no. It's got better. I don't know. In fact, I haven't played there for ages. They're doing all right. I think. I think we're in we're in the second division. I think we're doing okay. I don't know. I'm so appalling at it. I've got worse and worse and worse. <laughs> I tried. I joined a game. I was in Atlanta the other day doing Need for Speed, and I saw a group of guys playing football, I thought, I'll approach, I'll approach, they're not that good, they look quite bad in fact, I thought, I'll show them my skills, dressed like an idiot in my brand new tennis gear, l- luminous <laughs> shoes, but <laughs> keepy yuppie, and then I, they weren't very, they didn't like the idea of me playing at all, they, so they, I felt like that kid who's, as I always was at school, the last one on the fence, on the fence, I mean at the fence, waiting at the fence to be picked for one of the teams, Mm. Mm-hmm last yeah oh. on the bench finally got on they finally let me when they realized they didn't have enough players and i played and i i, I actually had to walk away from it i was so ex- they, they were all they were laughing at me my i was pulling i've got worse and worse
2: but then you got into your mastery flash car and you drove away and you flicked exactly. in the v's right <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah come on yeah
6: oh. they're probably being a different different system in america than you're used to in no southwest, was south west south west southeast London same
4: system. That was the problem I'm seven aside side man no, There you go it oh, the That's it It's it the full pitch Couldn't cope with it There you go um, I'm used to close-knit play <laughs> 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 Quick passing We
6: also We've also had one or two um, Band of Brothers al- Alarms In the podcast Have you Dexter been? Fletcher we had on And with some fond memories What were your memories? Because you appear Of Band of Brothers Briefly I know But oh, you're still man. in it I can't you- Another one of the sort of
4: I don't know that I am still in it Am I? I think your stunt buns in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he managed to sneak his way in. It was, yeah, that experience. It was a, hard, it was a tough one. It was, a t- it was tough being... In fact, I, had, I don't think I'd left... I hadn't come out of college Well, I did that. So it was all new. That whole idea of... Everything was new. Filming, and it was loads and loads of blokes who had all been training and who were all... Very blokish, which I was very not yet blokish am I now I beefy muscles beefy it was a bit beefy muscle, but it was amazing because it was it was the huge production and it was wonderful and it was exciting to be around but my character was pathetic and he puked and he didn't make it into the didn't make it, it didn't he make fa- it. he failed he was a failure which I've kind of felt like myself on set I really felt like the guy was yeah. so I was playing so you excited. didn't have it was, the, it was an incredible experience to be part of
6: you didn't have the whole Dale die kind of boot camp I didn't do it I didn't
4: do it no. And I, it sounded nasty. Yeah. Nasty in that it was, they did a proper boot camp. They really, yeah. Did what did Dexter say?
6: Similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just said. I think he said that he'd, um, you know, queuing for food and getting shouted at. Oh yeah, not... no,
4: that's right. That's right. That guy. That guy. The guy who was in Vietnam. The guy who just used to. I spilt some of my food in my sort of nervous state as I was walking up getting some beans, and they sort of fell down my top. I was that sad kid with beans down my front, walking through this huge, like like school. It was school, and I had nowhere to sit and no friends. And then he, I spilt beans, and then he made me do a hundred press ups in front of everyone, which I couldn't really do. You know, it was just hot, yeah, but really good experience.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. possibly my favourite anecdote so far this year. I oh, yeah, absolutely love that. 100. Oh, great experience, great experience. <laughs> absolutely love it. A
6: hundred press ups is so many press ups for a couple of beans. Mm-hmm, press ups, I know. He had me into boot camp, so it's sort of <laughs> Catch Twenty Two. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd let me on boot camp, I could do this. <laughs> Oh, that's awful! Oh,
4: God, it makes me cry a bit thinking about it.
6: No, we have to let you go quite shortly. But I had one other thing I wanted to raise, which is something I really enjoyed in, in Tomorrow, Drew. Your band, Swipe, 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 and it's a really good song. It's not often you get fictional bands in films; they deliver something quite oh, that's sort cool of. Cool that you say that, Punky. I think your brother was sort of an inspiration for that whole thing. He, what,
4: he did it all? Yeah, he, him and a friend, he, they wrote all the music, and um, recorded it. Wrote the lyrics and then sung most of it. And I sang over that track, Jailbait Jodie, I think. Right. Which was the one at the end of the film. but. And yeah, you
6: shot it at End of the Road Festival.
4: Yes. which was re- That was really good fun. To be a drummer in a band on that. Although I kind of wanted to be the lead singer. I was a bit annoyed by that. I tried to get him to let me, but it didn't really fit him in the film. I was the drummer.
2: Yeah. Mm. You could have done like a Genesis type deal. Could have,
4: yeah, I thought that, but it didn't. It doesn't. It doesn't mm. work, does it? it's Difficult. Doesn't look great. Yeah. But, but you, you stormed off, I think, didn't you? I do a storm off. I do a storm off in that. Yeah, that was quite enjoyable. That's got to be the drum kit. I was like, so it was again one of those ridiculous things that you do when you're in a film. You think mm, maybe I'm quite good at this. I am <laughs> good at this. Got mm. sort of conned into buying a really expensive Roland <laughs> top of the range electronic drum kit. I set up once until my neighbour to the Camden Council council came round and said no thanks <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate your efforts to make music <laughs> yeah. in our local area but no
6: thanks <laughs>
4: so that's, that's in a box okay. I can't quite bear to get rid of it I know that one day I will be a good drummer and footballer
6: Dominic thank you very much for coming in thank you for having me and Summer in February is out today
4: Lovely, lovely Dominic Cooper there
0: and uh, before we press on a couple of quick pointers you know we love our special podcasts over here at Empire and we're going to have two more of you over the next week or so Ali is even now cringing in fright at the, at the very thought of it uh, on Friday we'll be delving into all things Whedon with a special Joss Sweden podcast featuring the great man himself and as much to do about nothing and Angel stars Amy Acker and Alexis Denisov. that will be well worth a listen won't it people who haven't yet done the interviews certainly will I've decided it will be <laughs> it certainly will be and the early early. next week we're going to have our man of steel spoiler special podcast in which we'll be talking to the filmmakers about the secrets behind the return of kal-el as well as having a good old spoiler filled supernatter ourselves so do make sure to download those both and hey why not give us a lovely five star rating on the old itunes store as well while you're at it go on you know you want yeah i know but you know i just and also
2: if you love this podcast go and buy the magazine or subscribe because we don't ask you for any money at all and if you subscribe to Empire, guess what, you get a free copy of Empire every month in exchange for
0: the payment you've just made. That's amazing. Also, while we're asking for things, um, if anyone could give me a tenner, because lunch is coming up soon and I'm a bit strapped. Okay, movie news time now. Uh, What have you got in your big bag of movie news swag? Guys, let's start with... doing a cook eeny meeny miny mo Helen
1: Hi My big movie news this week is perhaps the least surprising story in history um, except perhaps for its timing uh, Man of Steel's sequel has been greenlit Yes a Man of Steel sequel is on the cards I know you never saw this coming Who would have thought a superhero could start a franchise
2: Who could be the bad guy <laughs> if the bad guy in this one's General Zod well,
1: for Cur- all Colonel. we know, because we're certainly not going to, you know, spoil and think could be General Zod again. Were you going to say could be somebody from completely the Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise? I
0: was going to say Colonel Sanders, yes. Uh,
1: at the moment, all we know is that um, David Goyer and Zack Snyder appear to be working away feverishly. Awesome. On the second part. Super um, awesome. We expect, yes, that... Uh, we expect henry cavill to return um in the very tight tights and um
0: <laughs> you seem to have a moment there are you all right you I'm okay okay, okay. All right. Just a
1: little hot in here isn't it gosh so we expect everybody to basically be back i mean in terms of villains there are i don't think this is a spoiler some references to Lex lexcore in this film so we could see lex luther lined up Ooh. i'd they be could, they could go- if he didn't but they could go completely differently. They could go Brainiac. They could go Doomsday. Who knows? It's I would all argue to for.
0: Superman's rogues gallery is is not glittering with gems, is it?
1: Well, that's because I think when you have a god, it's quite hard to come up with something that really challenges him. And you know, he makes Thor look like a bit of a you know, hundred eight pound weakling, doesn't he? So do a I, little bit. Yeah. Do you think? I love Thor. Don't get me really? wrong, Chris. Love you, but uh, Chris Hemsworth that was not you, Chris. Okay. Um, but it, you know, Superman could probably take him apart in a fight.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you know who'd beat Superman? Who's that? Hulk.
1: Anyway, my point smash was, him. we're not going to get into a really nerdy conversation about who'd beat who in the fight. My point was, I think the problem that DC has always had is that their heroes are too powerful and that means that their villains suffer a little bit and that's why Batman is by some distance the most successful DC character. I
0: agree, but um, Hulk, anyway. Hulk would beat
2: him
3: as well.
1: That's right, Chris. Let's move on.
2: Let's not play a game of who the Hulk beat because Hulk would beat everyone Yeah. apart from even bigger Hulk who's actually much <laughs> bigger than Hulk.
3: Hulk smash scissors.
2: <laughs> well said uh, My news stories are another grab bag here There are some new World's End character banners That we were uh, lucky enough to reveal Exclusively on the website Six of the big names All for some reason holding their pints in, At slightly you know, askew angles Even though the beer is totally flat so watch as they perform that magic trick in these posters and there's some funny taglines in there as well and it's just generally worth looking at so go and do that mm. uh, we've also got Michael Bay who has boarded this Ghost Recon uh, gaming adaptation now Ubisoft are the guys who made the original Ghost Recon and if you don't know already or you aren't willing to guess uh, it is about an elite squad of super technically zooped up uh, soldiers who work exclusively for the president and they go around kicking bottom and being hardcore and all that kind of stuff and Michael Bay who is a man who's not afraid of adapting much-loved franchises, be they toys or whatever. Uh, he's part of the development not necessarily the director for this so that may get you excited it might not get you excited but considering this has been trickling away for quite a long time now it's nice to see there is some news on that front we've also got fox who have brought up the choose your own adventure book rights (laughs) so think along the lines of space and beyond deadwood city and the cave of time it's not quite clear what they're going to do with it i'd love for them to do it in a totally new medium where you have every 10 minutes an option on your DVD player where you go to
3: run into a different screen in the cinema. Pre- press <laughs> three to, screen, to watch a different six. movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's interesting. Will I, they try and do a Clue? Do you think where they'll play wow. different? Uh, yeah. I, I thought of Clue straight away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, interestingly,
0: Clue wasn't released uh, cinematically with the with the three endings. If you watch if you watch Clue, uh, Jonathan Lynn's Clue, which is an adaptation of Cluedo it's was really really funny comedy. Actually, there were three endings shot, and they didn't release the theatrically, at least initially with the three endings. Each each print would have a different ending. Yes, So, but the, the theatrical the DVD release has all three endings on it, which is, uh, which is great fun, I'm really confusing the first time I saw it. I think
2: they're just probably going for the fact that this is pulpy fun, and then it's a gimmick that you can talk about when you're promoting the film. That's me being very, me being very cynical, and I, I, I'm sorry about that. But, you know, who wouldn't watch
0: a film called Who Killed Harlow Thromby? I would. Did you play them with uh, at least the games that like Fantasy Fantasy? <laughs> They're not games. Awesome. They're, they're books. They're, they're books. Uh, you,
3: but you're reading a book, and it goes. Turn to this page if you want to go left. Oh, scary cavern! or oh, there's some stairs. You go to page seventy-four. To oh, so, so it's not. Like so you are jumping around
0: inside a book. Hmm. So it's yeah. not like Final Fantasy, where it would be. It's the same principle, but you have dice, and your character has no, strength no, no, no. and no, stuff, and you'd be playing that. No, no, that
1: sounds nerdy, Chris.
0: That's kind of Dungeons and Dragons for kids. Uh, nerdy? No, I don't think so. It was awesome.
3: No, no, this is just uh, this is just a book. Then you jump around and you choose your own
1: adventure.
2: Pretty much. And uh, what I found frustrating about the books is that you could just get it wrong. You take a left and they go, you die. Oh, there are many horrible deaths. Which you is die. Quite yeah. when but you just you saw.
1: just flick back to the page you just left and everything's fine again. Yeah. I found them quite. I intense hear. I didn't. As, I didn't
3: Any more news? I think you got some, Nick. <laughs> I've got. <some. laughs> Oh, yeah, he got, I've got some news. I've got some news. Uh, there is a trailer for The Hobbit, episode two The Desolation of Schmaug. Um, Schmeug. Which I believe is the Schmug. correct Schmug. pronunciation Schmaug. Schmoog. Uh That is, uh, so, yeah, this is the one where uh, there is a dragon and. Um, Played by Benedict Cumberbatch. There was a kind of a log flume ride and uh, what? <laughs> it's not a ride but it's isn't it?
1: I have a genuine question for listeners actually has there ever been a film where somebody went down a river on an improvised ship of some sort and didn't encounter a waterfall or <laughs> rapids <laughs> ever in the history of cinema I, I genuinely I can't think of one and I would be fascinated to know if there is one
2: I would love there to be a Leslie Nielsen spoof where he just gets to draw a uh, boat on a river oh no oh no oh, oh it's, um, it's a reservoir so we'll just get off at the um
3: pier over there then well, Peter Seriously. Jackson is definitely going to have souped this up from the book because I remember in the book it was a pretty sedate. You know, well, they, go, they stay
1: in the barrels, don't They're they? The, the, the barrels. barrels are sealed. They're in the barrels. Um, Bilbo's clinging to the outside, and they just float down the river.
3: Right, but this time he's just he's chucked in some orcs, so there's going to be orcs and elves fighting at the same time. Yeah. And uh, the one to beat, I think, is Crystal Skull, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, because that is the biggest waterfall in cinema today. I think I'm right because there's three huge ones in a row. There are three in a row, yeah which I've never seen that, you know, not that it was amazing. Well,
2: they've brought in the secret weapon, which is Evangeline Lilly, and she will be playing a made-up character called
3: Tauriel, uh, who is an elf of a lesser class,
2: a she lesser She seems
1: cast. to be a bit of a love interest for Legolas. That is correct. Think? What? Yes. I know. Like- I
3: dub this film Lock, Stock and 14 Soaking Barrels.
2: Oh,
1: there it goes.
3: <laughs> that is a better subtitle than The Desolation
2: of Smaug. Define it desolation
1: um it's the area that smog has desolated so basically he took over the misty mount the, sorry the lonely mountain I apologize he took over the lonely mountain and basically laid waste to everything around it for a certain distance and he basically considers that kind of his territory so like town of Dale and the valley below all that is is now the desolation of smog so it's, he's a, not it's a being, geographical term
0: he's not being desolated then
1: well I mean he may have been in the past you know he doesn't have you know any other dragons around who knows what's going on in his like psyche you know he may be suffering a lot that might be why he he burns everybody and eats them
0: we caught a glimpse of him didn't we in the in the trailer yeah i must
3: say i thought the trailer was very good i i do wish that they would not show us all the money shots in trailers i kind of i i didn't really want to see the dragon before the film comes out
0: We've like, seen a silhouette really I, don't, I
2: don't know, like.
3: but I kind of like the, the teasing that they did in the first film and then just to show you the dragon in the trailer They're the going to do one. the
2: voice, I know they're going to do the voice in the next full trailer that you'll hear the voice and when I, I was speaking to Peter Jackson for the actual um, original movie and I said, you know, don't show us the voice I, really, I want that to be a treat
3: Mm. Oh, they will. But they They'll will. give it away. It was like with King Kong. I kind of, you know, maybe they had to show the, the, the ape to get people into cinemas, but I, I would have loved it if you'd gone into the film not knowing what King Kong... Because two hours, mm. of the, well, an hour and a half of the film is building up to seeing King Kong. And you've already seen them in the trailer.
0: It would have been tricky for us to do two covers. <laughs> <laughs> I think. There was always the Adrian Brody um, <laughs> there was always There was always the Adrian Brody option. Break glass in case of emergency. Let's stick Adrian Brody on the cover. As... As uh, Just as anything but what, Who did he play in the he played He played Tretor Jack Scott. Scott. Do you know um, I was listening to your podcast Your Julian um, Anderson podcast mm. It was just fantastic And it's a special And it's available You should go listen to it right away uh, And you did her The, the impromptu quiz mm. With her About tombs And what were his names And I knew it Eugene Victor tombs mm-hmm. I knew it She didn't she got Eugene right. She got Eugene right, but the Victor part—I was like, "That's, that's like the only bit of X Files." Not <laughs> just ever stuck in my head. I'm impressed. It's, he uh, was so scary.
1: Weird. He was really
0: scary. He was scary. <laughs> Played by Doug Hutchison, who is now arguably even scarier in real life. <laughs>
3: so anyway, it's got a big bear in it, and uh, it looks really good. Could the big bear beat the Hulk?
1: <laughs> no.
3: No.
2: But there Smaug
1: might give him a bit of a workout. Yeah. At least.
0: Chuck Norris as the big bear, maybe. No, the Hulk would rip off Smaug's neck and shove it up Smaug's desolation. I really like. Um, the look of Lee Pace's character
1: I'm, I'm interested to see Lee Pace in this Just because I, I had an accidental Impromptu Lee Pace double bill uh, Late last year Where I saw it in one day Was poorly paced <laughs> I went no, very good. Uh, In one day I went from uh, Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2 In which he plays I think Gareth uh, To Lincoln In which he plays a big old racist It was very confusing wow. So I'm hoping that uh, you know I managed to pace myself if you will Ooh. Thank you. Oh, that's Better good. this year
0: That's good my joke yeah, yeah totally was that's good um, now for a change of pace my joke uh, we have another interview now uh, Man of Steel marks the return slash reboot slash recape of Superman on the big screen of course seven years after Brand Singer's Noble if not entirely successful as we've discussed Superman Returns don't get me started on the kid uh, as I mentioned earlier there will be a spoiler special next week but right now we had General Zod himself Michael Shannon on the podcast last week so it seems only fair to have his right hand woman Steady Fiora on the show as well She's played by German actress Antje Traue. First thing we asked her was, how do you pronounce your name? Because I don't have a clue. Enjoy.
2: Please, can you tell me how I can pronounce your name properly? Antje. Antje, yes.
5: <laughs> Great job. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Absolutely
2: nailed
1: it. <laughs> okay, well, welcome to the Empire Podcast. Uh, Thank you. First of all. So, I mean, Feora is fierce. That makes she? me happy to hear. Mission
5: accomplished. Yeah. She's, she's a really cool woman. And I really enjoyed. it spending time with this character for like almost eight months of my life and yeah it's quite liberating not only as an actress also as a woman to sort of approach a character from that moment where you think okay she she's somebody who doesn't have doubts or she's not um somebody who would compare herself to others and she's just that one track mind and uh, she has a purpose and that what she goes for and this is very very uh great as a woman to experience mm-hmm. that you know
1: Hugh Jackman when he was playing Wolverine mm-hmm. famously takes cold showers every morning just to get in the right kind of angry kind of mindset what is he
5: taking he takes cold showers every oh, morning. Oh, cold showers yeah did you do Oh, I can like that? see that that <laughs> makes sense yeah cold shower yes in the morning but I think for me for Fiora a big part of that um, mindset was the workout we've been through and the costume because it takes like 30 minutes three people to get ready in the morning me too <laughs> you too you look fabulous I thank mean, you really, so yeah. much
4: i mean it
2: shows it, think, it shows
5: that you really care
2: yeah really really the show <laughs> if people who know the podcast and know who i am are going to be laughing their asses yeah. off at that
5: um no and actually to really you know get into the costume and then you then you're there and you have like 30 minutes to really feel the character and i love my costume even though it's it's hot and tight and it's everything at the same time but still it's great
1: I was going to ask about training, actually, just very quickly, because yeah. um, Zack Snyder famously trained with the cast when he made mm-hmm. 300. He did everything they did, but earlier in the morning, and he posted his numbers first, so they all had to try and match that. W- was he training with you guys when you were getting ready? He was, actually. He, was. he
5: did, yes. He wouldn't post his numbers, but he was <laughs> right there, and I loved it about him that he actually he goes through the same um, you know, training with us because it gives you the feeling of he knows what we are through so and he goes goes through it himself
2: do you mind if we cast your mind back to the audition process back to when this first began you say it took eight months to shoot this to be part of this uh, in your life how long ago does it feel when you first auditioned and ha- had you really any concept of how huge this is like and will become
5: i had no idea no and i think that helped me to just you know i I put myself on tape back in berlin and it feels like a very long time ago <laughs> And I taped myself in my living room in Berlin. My agent called me and said, you know what, they're audition. they cast for Superman. And I laughed and I said, really? I mean, how many girls are going to go up for this role? And he said, well, you know, um, we're just going to give it a shot. And I said, okay. And I taped myself with a monologue for like two and a half minutes and I taped it and they called me said, we want you to come to LA, test for the movie. And two weeks later, Zach called me personally and said, you're on board. Wow. It is, yeah. That's a nice
2: turnaround. Yeah. Was it Was it an iPhone? Was it by your uh, kitchen cabinet? You just propped it up and did a video? Or-
5: no, I actually, I'd like to put some effort into my um, audition tapes. I think uh, it, it was a 5D Canon and a little bit of a, you know, yeah, a little bit of touch of quality. I think it's always good to have.
2: Obviously worked. When you first watched it, were there moments where you went, did I do that? Did I just throw a car?
5: Yeah. <laughs> And the train and everything, right? right? I mean, there's so much going. You're so right because when you shoot it, you, you, do, you can't even imagine what it's going to look like because most of the thing is green screen and you do all that and, and you can't even imagine. I mean, Zach would walk me around in his house and he would show me the artwork and the drawings and everything and I had sort of an idea of what it's going to look like. But then I watched it the first time and I, I was blown away. I couldn't even, Yeah.
1: Because yeah, it's a real sci-fi movie. It's not just superheroes on Earth. You've got that whole Kryptonian section at the beginning with, you know, dragons and ships and battles and everything. I mean, I
5: find the Krypton so lovely, mm-hmm. don't you think? It's beautiful, actually. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Slightly barren, but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, when I first started watching it and I said this to the other guys, I just wanted more of the movie there. Mm-hmm. It's almost a shame you didn't get to ride a dragon.
5: Yes, but you should see Russell riding the dragon. I mean, that was just a green pillow, basically. <laughs> I mean, really.
2: Gladiator is Gladiator on a green Gladiator's on pillow. a green
5: pillow. <laughs> and pretending it's his dragon, yeah. That's what acting He's done a great job on that dragon, don't you think? I felt for the dragon. <laughs> I, <felt laughs> I wanted a dragon. I felt for Russell.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I felt for the pillow.
5: <laughs> and now you feel for the pillow.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. How do you act? throwing a car for example how is that done with green screen is it the archetypal tennis ball on a stick what are we doing
5: yeah you have something like that i can't really yeah i remember acting with tennis balls quite a bit quite a lot for this movie but yeah you have just something on the floor which is very uh, light and you just pretend that it's very heavy and you just do the whole the, like the the movement but uh, there is no car so but you know i found it challenging in the beginning but then i thought well is imagination we use as actors, and and that's what you do. So, it was challenging, but at the same time, then it was like, well, uh, that's what we do. It's okay.
2: When Michael Shannon shouts, "I will find him," yeah, <laughs> did you have to kind of clean out your ears and just kind of shake your head a bit because that nearly blew the speakers out in the cinema I saw it in.
5: Yeah, that's what's so that's yeah, it's so amazing about Michael Shannon. He's a very. Um, He's sensitive to his set environment but he's very surprising and he's very unpredictable and that was one of those moments.
2: You didn't you didn't know he was going to do that.
5: No because we rehearsed it a couple times and and he wouldn't he wouldn't give it away, you know, and do it too much because then it gets lost. So he would keep it for that moment then he did it and yeah, it is uh it was loud. And I mean Faeora is
1: very much his right-hand woman. There's there's a very kind of close relationship there. What what was your sort of view on that? Did you have a a, a backstory in your mind between the two of them?
5: For me, the initial moment was actually a screen test we did together and I remember we were standing there the first time as General Zod and Fiora in costume and makeup and uh, Zach would go look to your right and to your left and into the camera and we would just move perfectly synchronized in a way and I thought this is the essential relationship between these two. They don't need to talk, it's not about words, we understand each other, and what we're fighting for, Just yeah. a shared purpose. Yeah, yeah.
2: We don't know his name, but there is a guy in a much bigger suit who fights with you in the Battle of Smallville.
5: It was so funny because this guy, he's, he's I mean, he's a stunt guy. And they attached something very funny to his hat. And they put something like a, like a fake eye or something. So we had an eye line. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I mean, it was funny. Um, like and I think pilot. he felt embarrassed all day long because he would walk around with a stick coming out of his head with an attached eye but uh yeah that's that's how it went Uh,
2: sounds like something out of monsters (laughs) inc
5: we laughed a lot we had a lot of fun obviously
2: yeah
1: but i mean you're you're lucky you get to actually beat up superman essentially you know that's that's not something most women can say
5: yeah (laughs) it's uh you know i'm so really i'm so glad that That I didn't grow up with it and I didn't know when I started this movie, this production, I didn't know too much about it. So it was good to actually really have a fresh take on and because if I would have known what it means, I probably would have been too like, you know, nervous and everything. It's good.
1: I mean, did, did they give you... Because I know on, on some kind of superhero movies, sometimes the comic book company kind of prepares a, mm-hmm. a dossier, essentially, of all the all the stuff you need to know yeah. about your character. Did you get something like that in this case?
5: No, I sat down with Zach and I said, you know, I'd rather don't look at other interpretations and I would like to just... Uh, don't get any images in my in my mind and he said i i agree let's just go from the scratch and start something new with fiora so and it was hard because as an actress you want to do research and you want to do read and you want to know everything and to actually say no to all that sometimes a little bit <laughs> hard you know a
1: bit
2: scary. but are you worried that you know there'll be people who'll stop you in the street and go oh what about this bit was that a reference to that and you know Nerd questions. Have you prepared yourself for this kind of convention mentality of people asking you all these things?
5: I think I'm not pretty well prepared, actually, really. I'm not, because... When you meet people who just love the comic so much and they, ha- they know everything about it, how can you be prepared for it? You really cannot. You have to just make it up in the moment. I had so many moments yesterday at the red carpet where just people ask me questions. I thought, oh my gosh, I, I didn't even know what to say. You know, would you rather fight Superwoman or Wonder Woman or Super? You know, and it's like, oh no, I-, I don't even know both of those characters, what a spe- you-, you know? It's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
2: these are Pulitzer Prize-winning questions.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think you you can just take it in the moment and just go with it and say at the end of the day I don't know. So just to be very honest, you know what can I say?
2: We were talking to Don Cheadle recently about what it was like to work in his suit for the Iron Man movies. Yeah. It looked like a pretty hot couple of days. You were shooting the Battle of Smallville, and you had a man in what I like to call blue and red party pajamas. Uh, you in a battle suit and a guy with a halo and a stick coming off his head <laughs> was it he remarkably hot <laughs> shooting that stuff
5: he, yeah physically the most challenging two weeks I mean because it is unbearably I mean the, the heat unbearable in Chicago and then um, the challenge with it with the suit was just um, incredible hard yeah
2: was it movement as well you, is, it, is it hard to move in it
5: yeah I mean, they tried to make it quite soft, so I could move, but at the same time, after fifteen hours, every single costume gets hard to wear right Um but it was the heat and but you know what when you when you walk in front of a camera, you don't feel all that you know your feet don't hurt anymore, you're not hot anymore, and you just Go for adrenaline is quite an amazing thing.
1: Um, I wanted to ask as well about some of the stuff you've got coming up because I was on
5: set of Seventh Son briefly last year. Oh, you were okay. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: uh, so how did that end up? Are are you looking forward to seeing that? Have you seen it already?
5: I haven't seen anything. Okay. No. So I'm very excited to see that. It's a totally different thing, right? I mean, you've been there. The costumes are totally different. It's fantasy. It's fairy taley. It's an adventures movie. Mm So. I'm excited to see that, yeah.
2: Remind me, that's not the one with Jeff Bridges. Yeah. I am excited about that movie. I've just remembered how it all works, yes.
5: Yeah, very. I mean, the fact that Julian Moore and Jeff Bridges reunite for this movie is so exciting. I like that fact, yeah. You
2: know? Are you a big Lebowski fan? hmm A big, big Lebowski fan, I should big, say. Big,
5: big, 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 big Lebowski fan.
2: Did you have to resist just saying all the quotes?
5: Uh, when you meet him, you would probably not do that. <laughs> no. He's a great guy. I mean, really. He's an artist. I, I remember coming in for the first table read for this movie, Seventh Son, and he just pulled out like three cameras and he would start taking pictures. I mean, that's yeah, he's he's uh, he's a photographer and he's an artist, you know? That was the first thing he did.
0: Um, thank you so much for
5: taking thank the time.
2: Much. Thank you.
0: Thank yeah. <laughs> you. And for those sticky answers about Man of Steel, you're in luck. As I said, our spoiler special will be up uh, next week, including interviews with David Goyer and Zack Snyder. Movie reviews time now. Uh, let's start with the big one, shall we? Uh, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. What are our thoughts on this one? And do we need to give, re- recap the plot for people?
2: Uh, yeah, very briefly, just to explain. It's kind of an amalgamation of the stories you know from Superman the movie and Superman 2, the Zodening. Uh, it is. <laughs> Uh, the story of a a young Kryptonian child who is shot in a rocket from Krypton into the space and lands on the Earth and is looked after by Parkent and Markent uh, and that's all very lovely as long as that lasts but the, the plot really zips along you have Henry Cavill as uh, the young soups at, at one point he is the young Soup's as well as the old soups. you mm. see lots of flashbacks of his use yeah he plays really him from about sort
1: of 17 18 onwards and it actually, oh, really does. It, yeah, it actually okay.
2: works because you think oh well really can he pull that off because he's meant to play this 33 year old Jesus fans you may notice that number and a 17 year old but it works it's actually pretty good um, Park Kent who is Kevin Costner
0: He's pretty damn good.
2: He's
1: uh, wonderful. You, I, want, you want him to give you sort of inspiring lectures. I'm a massive of fan of well. Superman
0: the movie. And yeah. uh, Glenn Ford is fantastic in that movie. Yeah. He has two scenes, but he absolutely nails it. And his scene um, is heartbreaking. Uh, and does Kevin Costner have a similar impact? Does he get more to do in this one than, than say, Glenn Ford did? Yes, I would say so. He, he Because of the way
2: they use flashbacks, which is
0: really delicately
2: done. When they first started it, I went, wow, I'm really on board with this. I, I often find that flash uh, flashbacks are kind of cheap. Kind of a, a, an easy script writing technique, um, but it's actually really well balanced. Mm. But I, I am getting ahead of myself. That the movie opens in an incredible scene of Krypton kind of imploding in on itself with civil war between Zod and the Council, uh, because Krypton's, as we all know, is dying. Yeah. Uh, it's it's been mined. Its core has been mined by um, these greedy
1: civilization. Civilization.
2: The whole civilization, and head scientist Jor El, played by. Russell Crowe, who is excellent as that. I, mm. I can't emphasise, like, the voice, as I mentioned earlier, is really top-notch. He really fills that role. And when you've got to, you know, fill the space boots of, he shall be named, uh, Marlon Brando, you, you've got to be good, and he is. And you get to see the, this world. this this It's a very kind of uh, pulpy
1: Yeah, it's world. proper old-school, 60s kind of sci-fi. Dance it looks like an says, old-
0: uh, four-winged dragon yes
2: yes
1: there is it's like a pet dragon slash car it's what I, amazing what
2: I love about it is it's one of those ones where they go and he has a dragon there's no and of course this dragon is owned by everyone in this and you know uh, dragons have been here for centuries it's just no he gets in a dragon and starts flying around yeah. um, which is great uh, and th- the trouble with Krypton as well is not just the, the planet is imploding it's also that they have become uh, a civilization where genetically they are all told what they are you are a leader They're... you are a plumber you are a doctor you are a mathematician you are a scientist, whatever, and you can't have normal births anymore. And the first normal birth, children of men style, in centuries is our man, soupy man, soupy boy. yeah. So yeah, uh, Krypton explodes. Zod is booted off to the Phantom Zone with his chums uh, in a spaceship. And the little one is on Earth. And yeah, I don't want to... Should I say more? Is that? No,
1: I think that's probably the, the setup. So yeah, the, the whole genetic engineering of Krypton thing is it's kind of a, a new twist at least not one I've come across before in the comics anywhere but um, it's it kind of works it, it, I think they're trying to delve into ideas of destiny and whether you're born for something or you just you know come to it naturally um, which don't always work because you don't actually have the impression that you know Superman has a choice about being Superman to an extent I think he, he kind of is that guy he has to be that guy to some extent but anyway but um, I mean it's big big action especially towards the end it's a gorgeous looking film um, the, the flying scenes are magic um, Henry Cavill is is actually a very good Superman we don't see much of his Clark Kent at the Daily Planet but we do get a sense of Clark Kent growing up
2: you get a lot of young Clark Kent you Smallville a lot of young Clark. Clark Kent yeah
1: Smallville Kent you do get um, uh, Amy Adams is good as Lois Lane I think if there, anything is underserved, I think it's the relationship between the two of them. That they have a few sc- scenes and they're good scenes, but they're not quite enough to establish the bond, if you like, between the two. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the whole cast is actually a really good cast at pretty much every level. You know, you've got just throwaway parts given to people like Tamo Peniket from uh, Battlestar Galactica. You've got Christopher Maloney from Law and Order. You've got a really kind oh, of yeah. a wealth of talent kind of on the bench, if you like. Uh, coming out for little tiny scenes here and there, which is which is good because this is a big big scale movie. I was
0: gonna say it looks absolutely epic. I mean, perhaps on a scale that no superhero film has yet attempted.
1: I would, I would. Not even Green Lantern. I think, this lantern. Has, I think <laughs> steady. I think this has been overstated a little bit. I don't think it's that much vaster than the Avengers, for example. I I, I think it is big. It is really really big, and the money is spent really well. Um, But I'm not sure it's that much of a a leap forward. What I do feel like uh, we're seeing, especially in the Krypton scenes at the beginning, is that there is... People are beginning to kind of use special effects... To bring craziness to life And I really like that I think, you know We saw it with a few other things We saw it with Avatar I felt it very much in Thor And now with this It is that fabulous No holds barred Bananas imagination Of the sort mm. of 60s book covers That is actually coming To the big screen And I think that's awesome Because there's no point In in having all these Incredible capabilities Special effects wise If all you're going to do Is punch people with it And I love that we're seeing Just craziness.
3: So is it fun because I was a little bit worried from the trailers that it looked a little bit po-faced.
1: That's a big problem for me. It, it, not a big problem but it is the biggest problem if you like. It is um, It is very serious. There are a couple of laughs um, most of which or for me anyway were, were sort of incidental things that I just noticed. It, it's not, it hasn't got you know even an Alfred from Batman to, to kind of you know say something witty every now and again. Nobody really gets brings the humour Very Well humor no. no, he's he's completely straight-faced. This is, you know, not even Morpheus levels of humour. You know, uh, Lawrence Fishburne is, is playing it very, very serious.
2: It's not that kind of movie. It sets out its stall to be a quite serious, what it is to be a man, what it is to be a hero, to hide yourself for the sake of humanity type film. And when it does attempt to do humour, that's where I felt most awkward watching it i went oh no no this isn't a movie where you make that kind of joke and yet towards the end especially they could try to sneak them in and i i felt that was a little bit skew i have i echo what helena said i have no problems with anybody who's acting this film i feel that every character is well drawn i'm really impressed by goy's script the way he incorporates um the modernity of, of civilization with this you know tale that's been going on since you know for half a century um, that everyone knows it feels fresh it feels exciting and it was very quick even though it was only 146 minutes I thought that was very quick and uh, I was genuinely quite surprised
3: I very much enjoyed it Is there speed ramping?
1: there is not no what he does do is something I've seen in a couple of other films recently I think I remember it in the Avengers but I may be wrong people can correct me of course um, is that sort of uh, you see the action happening and then you zoom in on it mm. um, so there's a little bit of that but there is no speed ramping this is not a Zack Snyder film that's gone before it's actually a, a, a very very good effort from him we gave it four stars
0: we did indeed give it four stars I'm very very excited about it I'm going to go see it very very soon so let's, let's wrap this podcast Hurrah. up Um Uh, And of course, if you want to hear us talking much, 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 much more about Man of Steel in greater spoilerific detail, then do check out our spoiler podcast next week. I cannot stress that enough. Okay, now we're going to come to Joss Whedon's Much Ado About Nothing, in which a bickering couple develop feelings for each other, whilst another couple are threatened with ruin. This was shot by Whedon in 12 days at his house during a break from editing The Avengers. Most directors go on holiday. He made another film. Might as well, he had an eight year gap between Serenity and the Avengers. Might as well be <laughs> prolific now. Uh, so, is this a unique and beguiling treat, Helen, or a self indulgent oddity?
1: Um, it is odd, but I think it's it's rather nice. I, I really liked it. I'm, I'm a huge uh, Shakespeare nut, as we've discussed, um, and I thought it was a really kind of a good adaptation of Much Did by Nothing for a start, a different flavour from the Brana one, which I know everybody, including myself, uh, knows and loves. Uh, from what, 94, 95 um, this one is a little bit kind of, uh, he's gone from a slightly more noir feel which is part of the reason that they shot in black and white um, and it, it has a sort of, well he, he would say a Preston Sturges kind of feel to, you know, that mixture of kind of comedy and uh, and kind of threat because obviously while Benedict and Beatrice are, are you know, sort of exchanging witty barbs with one another as they very reluctantly fall in love um, Hero and Claudio are, you know, threatened with basically death and destruction, so there there is a kind of a, a dark undertone to, to all the kind of clever language but I mean, Joss Whedon and Shakespeare to me just feels like a really, really good fit I think he, you know, he knows the play he understands the language he's got people who are comfortable with it so they say it in a natural way and not sort of you know, not declaiming speeches um, so it, it, it kind of flows and has a lot of life to it and Nathan Fillion in particular as Dogberry, the the dogged constable who's trying to investigate what's going on. Um, he comes into it very late. He's not in it very much, but he's very, very funny when he is.
0: Yeah, uh, agree. It's, it's 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 fun. I mean, it 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 obviously has limitations. Sure. I, I would say the fact that they, they shoot it in Josh Wheaton's house, which is very nice. It's a very nice house, by the way. Actually, it's it's quite fun in certain instances. We have characters trying to eavesdrop upon other characters and. How could they possibly not be seen? They're literally one foot away, surround you know, sure. divided by a pane of glass. Uh, but it's it's it is it is quite fun. I I, I enjoyed uh, lots of the, uh, the the back and forth, the repartee between Benedict uh, Benedict and Beatrice. Yeah. Um, uh, Amy Acker and Alexis Denisov here are Indeed. fantastic and there's a, there's, I guess there's a comfort level isn't it most of the actors in this have worked with Joss before and they've been doing readings at his house for years of Shakespeare so there is a, a comfort with the language as well which which yeah. comes across
1: yeah I think I mean you know Branagh had the had the advantage of basically being able to call up the whole of the RSC for <laughs> his one um, just and-
0: give me the best guys you got <laughs> bring me everyone <laughs> Royal and, Serenity Company assemble
2: yeah <laughs> but basically
1: you know there's, there's a little bit of that but it, I thought it was kind of um, it was a, a nice twist on it, and you know, to to see the, these kind of Whedonites, I guess, uh, perform it instead. And and it, it, honestly, the language just did feel as much as much Whedon as Shakespeare, which was bizarre. And we Helen, gave, it four, you gave stars. it four stars. Yeah, it was me who wrote the review. Yeah.
0: Okay, Grant, uh, you're not you're not in the in the tank for Joss, are you? No, you, are you the, kidding you, me? You detached yourself. Totally. Objectively. Totes. Would Joss Whedon beat the Hulk? Yeah. Okay. Uh, another couple of films uh, brave enough to go up against Man of Steel this weekend uh, one of them I mentioned already is a Paul Rudd Tina Fey starring in Rom-Com at Mission that is sadly a two star movie and probably not worth your time at the cinema this weekend and another one we mentioned Dominic Cooper he was on the show uh, is Summer in February so that's I very quickly discussed that because I have got to go to Man of Steel Um
1: well this one is a sort of small British drama I guess it's got uh, Dan Stevens from uh, Downton Abbey in it ah, of course yes. so basically um. Emily Browning uh, plays uh, Florence, uh, who's kind of uh, a young woman, very much under her father's control, not terribly happy about it. And she finds herself in a sort of a love triangle with the bohemian artist A.J. Munnings. That's played by Dominic Cooper. Yep. See. Um, and then his his very charming, but perhaps a little less exciting friend, Gilbert, who's, of course, Stevens himself, yes. Dan Stevens. Um, so, yeah, we uh, it, it's a bit of a melodrama. I'll be honest um, but you know as a romantic film it works it's uh, obviously set in Cornwall artist community so it looks absolutely gorgeous they wear fabulous jumpers mm. you know it, you feel like you've had a little bit of a break by the seaside once you've seen it um, but uh, you know it's it's a decent portrait of the artist I guess as a man in love and we give it three stars
0: three stars for summer in February expertly handled there Helen I have to say uh, and uh, that is pretty much it for this week's Empire podcast don't forget to look out once again for the Man of Steel yes one last thing I'm interrupting your flow I'm sorry about that it's fine when you're watching Man of Steel
2: look out for an easter egg on the side of a satellite in the film in the film there is a
0: satellite I just want you to pay careful attention to it Uh, that is it for this week's Empire Podcast as I said don't forget to look out for the Man of Steel spoiler special which is up next week and our Joss Whedon special which is out on Friday yes Friday (laughs) just getting the confirmation there uh, and join us next week for more film-related fun where we'll be joined by Max Brooks the man who wrote the book that shares the same name as the upcoming <laughs> blockbuster World War Said and I'm very excited by this yep we've only got the bleeding Statham on the podcast that's right Jason Statham will be here in the podcast if we survive do tune in next week to hear that uh, until then it is goodbye from Helen goodbye it's goodbye from Nick goodbye it's goodbye from General Ali Plum goodbye goodbye <laughs> and a scoop out for me I'm off to Krypton actually for a holiday yay it's amazing you won't believe the deal the travel agent gave me dirt yeah. cheap amazing. dirt cheap he said well only give me a one way flight though Which is did you get a did weird. you get
1: active gold insurance uh, do I need that well might be useful
0: ah uh, well I'm looking forward to a red suntan I'll see you guys next week bye